Chapter 6 Over Silverware Dirk Sorsha was the perfect wife to Dirk Oral in every way. She labored over scrumptious meals that arrived at predictable times each day. She was well-versed in the feminine arts, had borne him a child, and took the time to help her husband button his shirts every day. She flawlessly handled their monetary and house affairs, while Oral could hardly manage to napkin his own mess after supper. Without me, the man would starve and look like a slob, Sorsha thought, rolling her eyes. Depositing the dishware onto the kitchen counter, Sorsha used a damp rag to clean the puddle her husband had left in his hurry to return to the family library. Don't worry about it, mother, Ava said, leaping to her feet. I will get it. You got the tea? Thank you. And yes, dear, Sorsha smiled. Peering across the room, she could just make out Oral behind a thick, leather-bound tome, a heavy cloud of smoke billowing about him. Sorsha sighed. The man should have been assigned as a minister. Then at least he could work his mind during the day. And we would live among the trusted. Perhaps then she would get more of her husband in the evenings. But this was just another reason why he fought tirelessly against the Lord Prime's rule. Oral, do you want sugar with yours? Sorsha asked, staring at the man until he finally responded. Black will do, Oral said without looking up. Black for me as well. Ava chimed. No, you don't, Sorsha snapped. Your father may get his way most of the time, but I'll win some battles under this roof. Listen to your mother, Ava, Oral tutted, absently flicking to another page. Sorsha glared at her husband in annoyance and turned hotly to prepare the evening's tea. Why does he have to weigh in on everything? I swear sometimes that girl only listens to me because her father makes her. Putting the kettle on, Sorsha took a deep breath, comforted by the feminine ritual. The water began to gurgle under the stress of heat, and the cork to the teas was popped open, releasing the deep earthen smells of the dried delicacies within. Sorsha inhaled scents of pastoral lands, littered with hints of jasmine from far-off places. Scenes of cattle grazing amongst far-flung fields of jade, and hundreds of butterflies floating on the warm summertide winds filled her imagination. Binding a small bundle in carefully wrapped twine, she poured the mugs and dropped the tea within, watching as the waters transformed like the sky under the Almighty's breath. One, two, three. Sorsha began to count in the way her grandmother did. She could use the clock, but as her old matriarch used to say, the measure of a perfectly steep tea comes from within the woman. Fishing out pillows of fully bloomed tea leaves from the cups, she placed them on the tray and delivered them as only a retiring tea should be. Ahem, Sorsha said, clanging the tops of the cups with their most delicate silverware. Ah, Oral smiled, setting down his book. My favorite time of the day. Black for the lord and prime of this house, Sorsha said delivering the tea with a salute. Green for the lighter of hearts and purer of spirit. First to my daughter, who I have sworn to protect for the prosperity of all. And lastly, in selflessness, the smallest of cups, green for the honor of my virtue, alignment, and pride. Sorsha looked from husband to daughter and back, finally tapping the top of her cup, the sign they could now drink. 
A perfect delivery of both ritual and delicacy. Oral slurped the tea. I still don't understand why I can't at least try a black tea, Ava complained. Because, Sorsha glared, this is tradition and is a part of the feminine arts you will no doubt have to uphold very soon. Ava set her tea down briskly and crossed her arms. But isn't that what we're fighting against? Stupid tradition and the right to make our own decisions. What if I like black tea and don't want to serve Mr. Whoever? You will serve your husband tea, and this is nothing like the prime. Some traditions are not to be changed. Besides, Sorsha sniffed, you wouldn't like it. Black tea is much too bitter for your constitution. Father, Ava complained, but the man quickly shoved his face back into his book. That's what I thought, Sorsha smiled. Ava, I just want what is best for you in this world, and there are some bargains you have to be willing to make for that. You have to compromise. Compromise, Ava spluttered. Is that what the traitor considered when he made our lives hell? Is compromise going to convince the Prime to give us our freedoms back? Did compromise free Krebs from the hangman's noose? Ava, Oral said. Your mother only wants what is best for you. You should- No, father. Dirk Sorsha only wants what will make her life more comfortable. She only wants safety. You're the only one in this house that wants what's best for me. The only one that does something about the Prime. Now, Dirk Ava, Oral snapped. But Ava was already halfway up the stairs. Sorsha looked stricken as she took a seat at the table. Her petite hands wrapped around the warm mug. She didn't mean it, dear, Oral said, rising to massage his wife's shoulders. She's just scared about being married away. No, Sorsha said, pulling away sharply. She does mean it. You're her hero, and I'm just the one who gets in the way. Nonsense. Is it? Sorsha asked. Ever since she found out about your involvement with the shields, she has never looked at me the same way. It's almost as if she's ashamed of me. Ashamed? I don't think so. I know Ava opens up with me more than perhaps she should, and that it's not fair to you. No, Sorsha shrugged. I'm glad she loves you so much. I just get jealous sometimes and worried. Oral pulled a seat up next to her, taking Sorsha's hands into his own. Ava gets distracted by the shiniest thing in the room. You know that. Right now, she thinks I'm the greatest thing this city has ever created. And she's not wrong. Oral winked as Sorsha shot him a glare. <laughs> All right, one of the best things in the city. But I think when she talks about her favorite memories, they will include your love more than me. That's fanciful, dear, but I appreciate it, Sorsha said, squeezing her husband's hands. I do wish she would take up painting with me and practice her shooting a little less. She takes to it like a whale to the sea. Who am I to stop her? Oral asked. Her father, Sorsha said. And sometimes, I think you mistake that for the professor. It's fine she's so handy with the blunderbuss, but... If she keeps excelling outside of a woman's field, people are going to start asking questions. You know, I sometimes catch her daydreaming about my grandfather's pistol, the white one used when he was at war. Yes, how could I forget, Oral said. That girl is so reckless. I think she might take it one day for the 
Almighty knows what. Sorsha stood with a feline grace, retrieving the remaining odd dishware and deposited them in the kitchen. Oral, ever quick to read the atmosphere, quietly grabbed a rag and began wiping down the table as she swept. The apartment's front room was small, yet big enough to accommodate a small section for dining. The floors, once embellished with artisanal designs, were worn rough from the scuffs of years and harsh boots. Wallpaper colored the room a faded green, though it had peeled away in the far corners to reveal the brick beyond it. There was a warm hearth, plus a corner comprised of two armchairs and a small shelf of books. Judging solely by their covers, all of the tomes were from approved Hasbian distributors, but the interiors were a different story. Approved panels hid texts of law, memoirs, and philosophies from another time, a time of freedom. This place was not what Dirk Sorsha's ancient noble bloodline deserved, but it was cozy, and it was home. She thinks she loves that man, you know, Sorsha finally said, breaking the silence. Githfranz, you mean? Yes. I'm aware she has taken to him, and why not? He is a fine young man. I'd guess it's hard not to be fond of him. Sorsha smirked and shook her head, gathering up the last of the grime Oral had dragged in from his day's work in the chum hall. I should rephrase that, dear. She is in love with his powers, Sorsha said. I imagine an ascendant near her own age is a hard prospect to pass up, Oral said. But it is a prospect she will most likely have to, Oral. Don't let false ideas grow where there's no soil to be had. Are you saying I break her dreams? Tell her it's an impossibility? Oral scoffed, stiffly turning away from his cleaning. I suggest you don't let love be where it shouldn't. Oral crossed his arms and cocked his head, his expression placid. If I did that, I would be no better than the Prime himself. I am not going to trash our daughter's dreams, Oral said. Being a realist is nothing like being the Prime, Dirk Oral. This isn't some philosophical debate of right or wrong. This is about our daughter's sanity. I'm not going to do that to Ava. She deserves to know what she is fighting for. Fighting for? Sorsha echoed, taking a step back from her husband. What do you mean Ava is fighting? Answer me. Oral licked his lips hesitantly. It is a figure of speech, Sorsha. Our daughter feels she is fighting just by learning. Sorsha cut him off with a half-crazed cackle, poking him roughly in the chest. You bastard, Dirk Oral. You have been letting her work with the Shields of Valor, haven't you? Look me in the eyes and don't lie to me. Oral wrung his fingers and averted his gaze away from Sorsha's. He didn't offer a word. The crackle of the fire sang the quiet parts out loud. An intense surge of anger raged through Sorsha as she snatched a chair and flung it at Oral, who barely managed to duck aside. A splinter of it snapped against the wall as one of the legs clattered across the floor. Immediately, Sorsha felt a strange sense of deflation, as if the intensity had been siphoned from her all in the moment that the chair broke. How long has she been with the shields? Sorsha whispered. Just a few months, Oral said, climbing out from behind the table. Did she pass her recruitments? Ava soared through them, Oral said, 
unable to stop himself from puffing up, just a little. Damnation, Oral. Did you really think I was stupid enough not to see what was going on? Well, you just seemed so worried. I didn't want to add to it. So you tried to hide the fact that our daughter is working for the resistance? Sorsha asked incredulously. When we were married, I had to deal with the fact that I loved another man and that he was taken from me. I was forced to marry you, Oral. I didn't love you then. But when you wrote secret vows to me like in the old days, I thought to myself, Sorsha, you could learn to love this man. What happened to those vows, Dirk Oral? What happened to protecting our family first and being honest with me? Sorsha searched Oral's weathered face for a response, but her husband had none to give. Who do you love more, the shields or us? It doesn't even have to be me. Is your quest for destruction greater than your love for Ava? That's not a fair question, Oral said softly. You know I love you both. That I'd be willing to give anything to see you both free from tyranny. At what cost, Oral? Sorsha asked. If our daughter died in the pursuit, would the ends justify the means? You're not there yet. But you walk a path that could make you more similar to the Lord Prime than not. Oral growled at the insult and kicked the ottoman dangerously close to the fire. And what would you have me do? Can't you see I am trying to do my best? If you really meant that, then you would forbid Ava from the shields, Sorsha retorted. Am I a man's keeper? Oral asked, raising his hands helplessly. You are her father. It's time you started acting like it. Bah, Oral said, grabbing his jacket from the coat rack. You could never see the bigger picture. And you could never see the little ones that give it meaning. I hope you enjoy that walk and take a good look at Krebs before you come home. I'm only coming home because of Ava. If that's the case, then don't, Sorsha yelled as he slammed the door in her face. There was a creak at the stairway, and Sorsha looked up, just glimpsing Ava's wiry form scampering back to her room. Ava, wait, Sorsha said, as her daughter slowed to a halt at the last step. Turning, Ava regarded her mother, the threads of her bangs covering her face as she slowly walked back down. You heard all that? It's not hard to when you two go at it, Ava said. Why did you hide it from me? Sorsha asked. Because you would never have let me be my own person. At least father does that. Sorsha winced, struck by the lack of emotion within her daughter's words. That's not true, Sorsha said. I just want what is best for you. For me, Ava asked. Or you. You're the best mother I know, but you don't believe I can decide what is best for myself. If I'd been born a boy, I don't think you'd think twice about me joining the resistance. That is not true, Sorsha whispered thinly. That makes no difference to my worries, but it would make it more palatable if I were to be found infirmed or dead, wouldn't it? Sorsha started to speak, but instead pursed her lips, hearing Dirk Oral's presence in Ava's words. I thought so, mother, Ava said, after a moment's silence. Oral stormed down the steps, his fists clenched and his body vibrating. He hardly noticed the silver spoon he still had in his hands. A light rain pattered, like liquid ice to the touch. Idiotic, cowardly woman, he thought angrily, stomping out of the cul-de-sac where they lived.
Glancing back, he caught sight of Sorsha's shadow pulled the curtains tight, snuffing out the light of their home. How dare she talk about Krebs that way? I'd like her to see one of her friends on the end of that. Oral drew a sharp breath of the chilly air and allowed the familiar calm of the cold to seep into his lungs and from there permeate his body and mind. Rest, old boy, Oral said to himself, turning onto the main street. She didn't mean it. Sometimes it was easy to forget that in her own way, Sorsha fought for the shields as well feeding them information from what she overheard when painting scenes at the many galas and functions of the trusted. But of course, Sorsha didn't wish for anyone to know, not even Ava. Stupid woman. If she just let me tell Ava what she did, the girl might be more inclined to follow after her than myself. In the distance, the clock tower struck nine. It took another half hour before Oral even began to simmer down, such was his ire. Soaked to the bone, he found he had wandered to Warden Park, a small set of gardens grown on the ruins of a slave barracks from the old days. In the distance, toward the center of the city, fireworks shot into the sky, accompanied by the sounds of revelry. Pax Nomus, the ancient festival celebrated at twilight to welcome the fullness of wintertide, was beginning. It was one of the few remaining traditions from the old days, and normally, even Dirk Oral could find something about it to love. But not this year. Not with his friend hanging like some forsaken monster for all to jeer at under the bleeding clock tower. Finding a spot beneath a shrunken rowan tree, Oral rested his head in his hands with a sigh. We are getting so close to having a fighting chance. And Sorsha thinks now is the time to pull back? Perhaps he should have a word with Ava, he thought, plucking at the grass. His heart ached from the accusations of his vows. He had meant them. But Sorsha couldn't see that in serving the greater good. He was fulfilling those promises. How can I make her see? There was a crack as someone moved around the back of the rowan, snapping a branch underfoot. Oral clambered to his feet, reaching for his pistol and blade, but found nothing at his belt. He had been in such a storm and fury, he had forgotten them on the floor beside the door. Who goes there? Oral said, backing out from the shade of the tree and into the open. Streetlight illuminated the park faintly as the shadowed figure continued toward him. State yourself, or I will call the Blackcoats. They will less help, Dirk Oral the voice called back. Oral squinted, trying to see the man better. Their voice was familiar, but from where, he could not pinpoint. Raising the spoon, he held it like a knife, a childish action, but one which made him feel marginally better. Emerging from around the tree, wearing his ushanka, was none other than Herms Ulrich. Bundled in a thick coat with white fur, the garment was too bulky to identify any weapons. But his neighbor was a merchant, unaccustomed to such things. Or so he led others to believe. No, you don't need to see dangers where they are not. Herms Ulrich, what are you doing here? Oral asked, lowering the spoon and now feeling a bit silly. 
Ulrich peered up at the rain clouds and back at Oral with a shrug. Seemed like a more good night for a walk. I guess we are the same on this, Oral said. The rain can be refreshing. Well, have a most good walk, Compeer. You can't walk away from a fight, Ulrich said softly. Excuse me? Oral turned back toward the merchant, stopping in his tracks. I heard Dirk Sorsha yelling at you. Were you spying on me? Oral asked, his grip on the spoon tightening. Almighty, how much did he hear? He knew well enough that the Herms were no rebel sympathizers. Oral looked around. They were secluded enough. If he heard about their involvement with the shields, he'd have to... Could he do such a thing? Oral had never killed before, and had stayed as far from it in his participation with the Shields of Valor as possible. His thoughts drifted to Ava and Sorsha, and he stepped closer. He would have to, for them, if need be. What did you hear? Nothing really. Mostly just hints of shouting. I was taking out the trash as you stormed out of the apartment. Is everything all right? Oral relaxed as he drew up to his neighbor. The man was just being a good person. Look at yourself, Dirk Oral, jumping like a wet-eared babe. It's all fine. Maybe less good, but I just needed to cool down. Hmm, Herms Ulrich said. Would you say you are feeling better then? A bit. I was actually about to head home. Double most good, Ulrich grinned. Then I was hoping to make a proposition. It's always best to suggest a trade on even temperaments. Oral furrowed his brow in confusion, a look his neighbor did not miss. Herms Ulrich leaned in so Oral could feel the heat of his words across his cheeks. I know you're hiding things, Dirk Oral. Oral's eyes widened, his muscles coiling in preparation to pounce on the man. What things, Herms Ulrich? It's a big hidden thing, Ulrich winked. You need to tell me now, Oral said through gritted teeth. There was a click, and Oral glanced down to see the wide-barreled opening of a blunderbuss poking just outside of Ulrich's heavy coat. Not so fast, Dirk Oral. This may be feminine, but trust me, it gets the job done. The man flashed a smile of crooked teeth. What do you want? Oral repeated, his heartbeat pounding in his ears. Not much. A trade, perhaps. Of? The double-most safety of your hidden thing in return for a gift. I like you and Dirk Sorsha, so I don't want to do anything to bother you more than I must. My affairs to the east went awry, and now my family does less good for wintertide. In exchange for your silverware... I won't tell anyone that Dirk Ava is an ascendant. Oral blinked, and then burst out laughing to Ulrich's confusion. Stepping away, he shook his head and walked away with a wave. What's so funny? Ulrich asked, raising the blunderbuss. What's funny? <laughs> My good man, Oral snorted. <laughs> Ava is no ascendant. <laughs> I'd know if she was. You depraved poor compeer. I will not gift you my family heirlooms. I suggest you stand in the breadlines with the orphans. Waving, Oral began trudging away in bewilderment. 
There was a sound of thunder as Ulrich fired the blunderbuss well to the side of Oral, scoring the dirt and snow with a festering of odds and ends, a wild look in his eyes. I will report it to the Blackcoats, he warned. It's your choice to keep your family or not, Dirk Oral. Oral shook his head and narrowed his eyes darkly, raising the spoon for Ulrich to see, the silver glittering in the light. Then do it, coward. There is nothing for them to find. Turning on his heels, Oral stomped away. <laughs>